You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and we, every weekday, we have um, Gary Webster's program live every Tuesday. Sorry, we have Gary Webster's program uh, with a series titled Lifetime Search. And uh, if you're in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30 p.m. every weekday. And we have Gary today. How are you, Gary? Good, Tabitha. Great to be here and glad to be able to share the program together today. That's good to know. So, Gary, you, you've been running Prophetica with Peter Watts, David Maxwell, and Draco Chellet. And now you're running Ancient Mysteries, Reveal the Future. Have you had time to relax? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. My wife and I went yachting uh, just before all this rain came with a good friend called George. He took us out on his yacht and we, it was a marvellous day, really relaxing. So yes, we do get some, but again, in this weekend, we're into it again on Friday with Ancient Mysteries and we're going to be looking at things like Antichrist and, uh, oh, some amazing topics. We go to Egypt. So if anybody's, uh, wanting to come, we'll be in Matha House this time. Uh, it's seven o'clock this coming Friday night and every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Matha House. So, yeah, we're, we're enjoying the time, and we did get some relaxing, Tabitha. Oh, that's good to know. I did attend your program um, on Sunday where you talked about... Um Trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been very. Uh, it was the Ten Commandments. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about sin, um, how sin came about, or that was yes, a, an that's introduction. Right. We were yeah. talking about how sin is really breaking relationships. Oh when, yes, yes. When we sin, somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Mm, mm, that's right. And it was very interesting. It's a program you don't want to miss. There's so much to learn. Yes, we went to that program. We actually went to Carthage, didn't we, and talked about the human sacrifice and. Uh, the tragedies that that occurred because people turned away from the great principles that God gave on Mount Sinai. Mm. Yeah. Yes, we did look about at, at all that. And um, if you want to learn more, there's always so much to learn. Make sure you attend this coming weekend's program. Um, so, Gary, what are you going to talk about today? Well, Tabitha, we're going to talk about the man who saved the world from extinction. We're actually going to be talking about Noah and the global flood today. Mm -hmm. You see, the Bible taught that Noah saved the world from extinction that was going to come through a global flood mm. around about 2350 BC, which is about 4,500 years ago this, this flood occurred, according to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And you know, Tabitha, very important Bible characters have actually believed in Noah and the global flood. For example, mm -hmm. Jesus believed in Noah's global flood. Now, if Jesus believed in it, it must be true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he was not a man given to, to fairy tales. So I wonder if you could read for us Luke seventeen twenty seven, where we see mm -hmm. what he had to say. Okay. Um, they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So no question that Jesus even believed in it, but also Paul believed in, in Noah and the global flood. He wrote mm. the book of Hebrews, we many believe. If you could read Hebrews 11 verse 7, read this. Mm. By faith, Noah, uh, being warned of God's things, not seen as yet, 
moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So you see, again, Paul, one of the greatest writers of the New Testament, believed in a global flood, and Peter, mm-hmm. um, he believed in it. Let me read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, And spared not the old world, mm-hmm. uh, but saved Noah, the eighth person, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Mm-hmm. So here again, Peter has a... Uh, believes in a global flood but just the trouble is today mm-hmm. people dismiss it as a myth mm. it's a fairy tale or a legend people believe in fact sadly even many christians mm. don't just don't believe in a global flood maybe it was a local flood in mesopotamia or something mm-hmm. but you know in fact 2000 years ago the bible predicted that that mm-hmm. would be the case, that people would not believe in this flood idea. Mm-hmm. And, and Peter predicted this. I wonder if you could so, read for us before we go mm-hmm. on. If you could read Second Peter 3, 3, 5, and 6, okay. um, and, and notice what it says. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. For this they will flee, forget, that the worlds that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mm. That's two th- you, know, you were going to say something and I... Sorry, I was going to ask you a question, yeah. but maybe... No, that's all right. Maybe not yet. Not yet. Okay, you yeah. can ask me after then. Yeah. All right. Well, so do people believe in a global flood? That's the question. And is there actually any evidence... I was actually going to ask you that. <laughs> okay, okay. So what... what, what is yeah, it? outside the Bible, like, um, do you have any evidence of, for Noah's global flood? Okay, good question. I know Jonathan. you studied archaeology. Um, yeah, you, you may have... Let you me, may have something to we say We may about have it. something come across. <laughs> yeah, good question, Tabitha. And yes, there is good evidence outside of the Bible for a flood. For example, mm-hmm. there are over 500 flood legends, we're called, flood myths, that's what scholars call them, around the world. In other words, different cultures in different places Mm. around the world have had this idea of a global flood or a flood. Uh, And these accounts depict uh, often a Mm -hmm. boat. uh, Sometimes it's a global scale. Mm -hmm. Usually it's sent by a deity uh, to destroy civilization. And and often, as I said, a boat is mentioned. So there's lots of similarities. For example, mm-hmm. when it comes to archaeology, there is what we call the Gilgamesh flood tablet. Mm-hmm. This dates. This story comes from about 2100 to 1200 BC. Thereabouts, the story is uh, it comes down. Mm-hmm. Now, George Smith, he was an Assyriologist working in the British Museum some years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, he was reading some of these clay tablets that the British have in the in the in the basement of the British Museum. Mm. And he came across a tablet where it mentions how a guy called Utnapishtun in this clay tablet explains that the gods decided to send a great flood one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to save Utnapishtun, mm-hmm. the god Enki uh, told him to build a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave him precise dimensions for the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be sealed with pitch and bitumen. Mm-hmm. And then his entire family went aboard together with his craftsmen and all the animals of the field all jumped on this boat. Mm-hmm. A violent storm then arose. Mm-hmm. The storm, according to this version, lasted six days and six nights, after which all the human beings turned to clay, says this, this story. Mm-hmm. Now, Utnapishtim weeps when he sees the, the destruction that's been caused. His boat gets caught on a mountain. 
and he releases a dove, a swallow, and a raven. And when the raven fails to return, he opens the ark and frees its inhabitants. Mm. Now, Utnapishtim, after that, he offers a sacrifice to the gods who smell the sweet smell and, and gather around. Mm. Now, this account, Tabitha, as you can, a lot of that is in the Bible. Mm-mm. And George Smith, when he read this tablet, he, he got excited. He said, oh, this is the biblical story. Mm. Others have got this idea that mm. this, this, this took place. So that's an interesting one. There's another clay tablet that you can see in the British Museum that talks about the same sort of story from the 18th century BC. That's called the Atrahasis Epic. Mm. It's very similar to the Gilgamesh account mm. as well. And then you've got various cultures, as I mentioned, around the world. For example, in Taiwan's uh, Saisiat tribe, they have a story where there's an old white-haired man. He came to a place called Open Nabun. How, I don't think I've pronounced that right. Oh, he came to this man in a dream <laughs> and told him that the great storm would come and this, this guy, Open Nabun, he builds a boat. For the, mm. get rescued from the flood. Mm. Then, of course, you've got Thailand. Mm. Uh, they have a flood story which says uh, a thousand years after creation, uh, humans were wicked and crude as well as not interested in worshipping the supreme God. And so there's a great flood that comes. And uh, so, fortunately, some of the descendants, they fled into an enormous magical good and that saved them. Mm. So you've got these flood stories. India has them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where um, uh, Vishnu warns Manu about an impending flood, big flood, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and orders him to collect all the grains of the world in a boat uh, in some forms uh, of the story, and all living creatures are also to be preserved in the boat. Mm. Uh, when the flood destroys the world, Manu survives by boarding the ark. So you've got this very clear idea, Tabitha, around the world, mm-hmm. these different flood stories. Mm-hmm. Then perhaps we should talk about <clears throat> more science. These are, these are, this is anthropology, really. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> when we look at geology, mm-hmm. a rapid deposition should be seen in a global flood that's described in the Bible, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. And archaeologists have found, you know, fossils with ripple marks of water. Mm-hmm. They found fossils with drops of marks of rain, mm-hmm. uh, animal tracks in the rock. Now, such such things should have eroded mm-hmm. unless they were covered up very quickly mm-hmm. by deposition. Mm-hmm. And then you've got rapid burial of animals should be seen. Mm-hmm. And, and they are fossils. You have lots of animals that seem to be captured very quickly, um, trapped by and, and form fossils. Mm-hmm. For example, there's one of a sort of a, we call it, Ichiosaurus, he's like a dolphin and he's giving birth now <laughs> as a fossil, giving birth to a, a, another, a baby. Mm. Now, if, if deposition was to take place slowly, these layers would have formed slowly. Mm. Um, listen, uh, uh, how can you give, slowly give birth like that, you know, <laughs> over the millions of years? No. Fossil octopuses and jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, must have been buried quickly, otherwise the soft tissues would have would have uh, dissolved and so on. Mm-hmm. So we have these deposits. Also, uh, uh, sedimentation, I should say, not the fossils, but now the sedimentation uh, layers in the Grand Canyon. Uh, they don't have to take millions of years to form as was once thought because back in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted and laid down in about three hours mm-hmm. 20 feet of deposited layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, a global flood would be even greater deposition, mm. perhaps something like the Grand Canyon. Mm. One more, Tabitha, before we finish off the um, 
the evidence. There's what about canyons? They're supposed to have been carved out over millions of years by rivers. Mm. But at Mount St Helens, with that earthquake, mm. mud flows from the volcano carved a canyon in a single day, mm. uh, and the river was formed after the volcano. So, you know, it doesn't have to be like some people say. There's other evidence that suggests otherwise, and the evidence is in favour of a global flood. Mm. In fact, today's free offer. Mm. Um, Genesis and Science mm-hmm. uh, is a great read for people who are interested in more evidence for a global flood and so on. Oh, there you go. We'll give you more <coughs> information about today's offer um, later on after in the program. Uh, we are about to go for a break, but before we do, I just want to remind our listeners of our studio number. It's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one zero zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. I'm saving it down as study encounters and uh you can text us any questions, any comments, any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to listen to this song Ancient Words by Michael W. Smith. I thought we have this, Tabitha, because the Bible, from this evidence we've shows that these ancient words are true. So that this is a good song again. All right. Hope you enjoy. Oh, 
you're listening to Tazi Encounters with um, Gary Webster. Um, okay, Gary, so you have provided us with good evidence from outside the Bible for a globe of flood. Um, so can you tell us from the Bible's perspective why the flood happened? Um, like what, what was God's purpose for the flood? And um, tell us, give us some information about Noah why, and um, about the flood itself. I'd be interested to know why God chose Noah. Right, okay, good good questions, uh, Tabitha. Let's pick up those three questions. Um, first of all, if we, we come to this idea of, so why the global flood? Um, when you go to these ancient Mesopotamian accounts that I talked about, like the Gilgamesh epic and the Atrahasis epic and some other of these accounts, mm. The gods get disturbed. This is the, their accounts. The gods get disturbed. They can't sleep properly up there. And, and because of the, the human beings on earth, so uh, we'd better send a flood to, you know, to, to, to get rid of the noise. That's their reason for the flood sort of thing, you know. Uh, but the Bible has a different purpose altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's share with you from Genesis 6 verse 5. I'll read that one first. Okay. Um, which, and, and I'm going to read it. Get, you and I will read a few texts so we really get the picture of what's going on on planet Earth mm. just before the flood. The Bible says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, you can read verse 11 for us, Tabitha. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Notice that filled with violence. In a previous program, we talked about the Assyrians were called violent. They decapitated people's limbs and so on while they were alive, skinned them alive and so on. Mm-hmm. And the idea here, violence is going on pretty bad back on at this time. Mm-hmm. You will remember uh, on, on um, the weekend at the program, I was talking about the Ten Commandments and how to preserve our most important relationships. I talked about the Canaanites back in the period of the Bible times where they would have human sacrifice. Mm, children. Children. Yeah. And then temple prostitution. I mean, this was destroying the fabric of society. And this is what things like that type of thing are going on back before the flood. Verse 12 says, So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And perhaps you read verse 13 to finish off. We can see why the flood needed to come. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold... Right. We'll just leave it there for now. You got the picture, haven't we? Those texts show very clearly that the world is, a, is not a safe place to live. And God says, you know, this got so bad. In fact, he says, it's so bad, I'm sorry I actually made. Mm. Now, God doesn't have to repent, but he, he's expressing in human languages how bad it was. I wish I hadn't done this, made them. Mm. You read, for example, verse 6. Perhaps I'll read verse 6. Mm. The Lord was sorry he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved to his heart. Mm. In other words, it hurt God to see human beings uh, violent against each other and, and, and all that evil that was going to hurt God, mm. as it would hurt any parent to see their kids, you know, doing stuff that really is damaging them and others as well. Mm. So read, read Genesis 6 verse 7 for us. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I, whom, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Yeah, there it is. I'm sorry I've made them. God was hurt because of this. But you know, Tabitha, the amazing thing that 
it just strikes me is God loved them so much, even though they were so corrupt mm. and so bad and so violent to each other. He gave them another 120 years because it says that in Genesis 6, mm. verse 3, he says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. Mm. In other words, I, 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 I'm not going to, you know, I, I can't go on. It can't go on like this. I can't keep working on them to pull them back. If mm. they don't want to choose the right way, I can't let it go on. Mm. So he says, But indeed... Uh, his day shall be 120 years. I'm going to give 120 more years of grace. Mm. I'm not just going to wipe them out. No, I'm going to give them a warning. I'm going to try to help them one more time. You can mm. almost see God. Well, I just, I can't do this. Mm. I don't want to do this, but they seem to want to hold on to it. But I'll give another 120 years of mm. grace. I imagine before Noah, um, men used to live for. Oh, like 900 years. Yes, and yes. Like they, they lived for long ages. Noah was 900 years of age. Methuselah mm. was 969, the oldest record. And some people probably look at that and say, oh, that's a, that's a myth. No, no, no. Mm. Be, don't be, be careful that, because there's a tablet being found. I, uh, and I have a, a copy of a, a photo of it, uh, where it lists the, the king lists before the flood and they lived long ages according to their now their their ages were 40,000 years and 30,000 years this guy lived you know that's it's way beyond the bible but mm. the idea of long ages is not is not we shouldn't just dismiss it especially when you have records outside of the bible indicating people seem to live a lot longer mm. than we do mm. yeah so you had a second question, as I remember, uh, Tabitha, when yeah. you first asked. So why, why Noah? Why Noah? Exactly. Yeah. Why this man? Well, mm. Genesis 6, 8 and a few verses really give us a little picture of why Noah. For example, verse chapter 6, verse 8. Maybe you can read this one. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was, Noah was a just man, righteous, that is good in moral purity and genuine love. In, he was just man in his generations, nor walked with God. Right. There's a good picture of why God chose this man. You notice that things like he was a, a good man, mm. uh, moral purity, genuine love for people, and he walked with God, meaning God was his friend. He mm. put God first in his life. Mm. And he was a just man, which was, means he was fair. Mm. Uh, then when God told Noah to build a boat, mm. Noah didn't say, well, that's a stupid idea. We've never oh, had rain. Oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work, yes. He didn't say that. Noah said, okay, if God said it, I'll do it. Yeah. Noah was a man who trusted God and therefore was obedient to God. So the Bible says Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. And mm. Tabitha, I think there's a good picture reason why God chose Noah because no, God knew he could trust Noah mm. to carry out his instruction. God didn't want to make the world extinct, uh, human life extinct. He wanted to use Noah to save the world mm. if people wouldn't get into the boat, as we're going to see soon. Well, mm. he would use Noah and his family to continue the human civilization and those animals to continue life. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's a tremendous picture. God needed a man whom he could trust who would therefore f obey him. I like, the, I like the way the Virgin Mary said it when Jesus turned water to wine. Mm. You re might remember the story where mm. she said to Jesus, uh, they've run out of wine. Mm. And, he's, and, and, and then Mary said to the servant, she says, whatever he says to you, mm -hmm. do it. 
That's the good secret of the Virgin Mary. And Noah Mm. had the same attitude. Whatever God told him, he did it. So he was an obedient man. Mm. And then we read in Genesis chapter 6, chapter 7, verse 1. If you could read Genesis 7, 1, we're getting a little picture of this guy, Noah. Mm. Then the Lord said to Noah, I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Okay. Now, uh, the reason Noah obeyed God, we've already sort of hinted or mentioned it, was because he trusted God. Hmm. You see, if you trust someone, you're going to do what they ask you to do. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7, we get this little picture of Noah in one verse. It says, By faith Noah, Hmm. being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. That means he, he, he took this seriously. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Mm. So Noah was a man of faith, Mm. and God honors faith and trust Mm. and saves through trust. So this is is why God chose this man. He is a man I can trust, a man who trusts me. Mm. And so he chose Noah. Okay, I think it's time to go to another break. And um, I just want to remind our listeners of our studio number 0488 Just text us at any point, any questions, any comments you may have, any feedback from the program. And we're going to listen to this song, Stand By Me by Malita Fogg. about 
stand by me. Listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, and today we have Gary Webster in, this, in the studio with us. And um, I believe Gary, you mentioned that you have a free offer for us today. Um, can you tell us about the offer? Yes, sure. Before we do that, uh, Tabitha, that was a beautiful song, wasn't it? You know, Noah sure went through some storms there, mm. and God stood by him. And I love the the message: in the midst of troubles or tribulation, God stands by us when we put our life in His hands. Mm, indeed. Okay, the book offer Genesis and Science, written by Leonard Brand. This is our free offer today. Leonard Brand's a former department chair and professor of biology and paleontology in the Department of Earth and Biological Sciences at Loma Linda University in California. And in this book, Leonard challenges the reader to approach these polarizing subjects such as creation, evolution and the flood and so on Mm -hmm. with an open mind. He says, be open-minded. And to thoughtfully consider the options. Don't just dismiss it because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, truth is never defined by how many believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's no way to define what truth is, who, mm-hmm. who believes it or what. But have a look at the, the evidence and so on. Yeah. And, and scientists who are willing, actually, to research the challenging questions uh, are testing some of the, the, you know, the bedrock assumptions undergirding the long-held and naturalistic theories of the evolutionary community. And that's what he's pointing out in this book. Uh, and, and, and actually, he, share, he shares accumulating research, even in geology, that's providing more evidence, actually, in favour of a biblical worldview and the theory of biological uh, macroevolution is facing deadly new challenges today. Mm. And, and Leonard brings these out in his book. So this is a book about new scientific research that's testing some of those assumptions. Mm. All right, so that's going to be a great offer, and we'll mention how to get that offer at the end of the program. A great, a great read, that book. Yes, we'll give you the code to get the offer after the next break. And, um, yeah, so moving on, what took place before and during the flood? Okay, right. Well, it sure wasn't um, smooth sailing. <laughs> but let's talk about before the flood. So we talked about the fact that God gives 120 more years of grace. What's going on while that's happening? Well, Noah's building the ark or the boat, which ark is like a box. Well, this is a boat, a boat box, if you would. Hmm. But while he built, the Bible also says that he preached. What did he preach about? Well, he was calling the people to turn from their wrong ways and and, and, and have life, uh, get in the boat. 
Mm. You know, there's a flood coming. Now, they had never had this rain before, according to the Bible. This was a new thing. So, you know, the scientists of their day were saying, no, nah, no, that could never happen. You know, the world's always gone on as it's always been sort of thing. Uh, and so they were going to be surprised. But you read for a second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, which shows us what, what Noah was, was doing at this time. And spared not the old world, um, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Right. Thanks, Tabitha. So there we have it clearly. Noah was preaching. Noah was pleading with people to change their ways. So he preached and he built for 120 years because of God's long suffering. The Bible puts it this way, First Peter chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, he says, The long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, hmm. wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. God held this thing off as long as he could because he's a long-suffering God. But there come the end of the 120 years, sadly, hmm. no one got on board except Noah. But God gave one more miraculous plea to save people by bringing the animals into the ark. Now, you imagine, Tabitha, say we're there with Noah at those times, and suddenly we see these animals coming out of the bush in the jungle mm. and flying uh, and, and walking in two by two, a couple of elephants and whatever it is, and a couple of dogs and, mm. you know, uh, seven sheep because they were clean and unclean animals that got on there. You imagine what that, how that would have affected people. Mm. I mean, people... It would spark more curiosity. Yeah, yeah. too right it would, and you'd say, what's going on? Mm. How come these animals are jumping on board this boat? You know, animals with not the brain power that we have got on board, but not human beings. It was quite a... must have spoken to the people back then. Mm. And imagine if we had seen that. So the animals get on board, but not the humans. Then God called Noah and his family to get on board. And the Bible says he shut the door behind him. And for seven days, Mm. nothing happened. You imagine Noah and his family inside the boat. They'll start to wonder, was this yeah. uh, an ox or... <laughs> <laughs> was, this a, was this a, you know, we, did we get it wrong? Yeah. I mean, and you imagine the people outside, every day that nothing happened, they would have got more bold and more bold and more more ridicule going on. Oh, come on, old Noah, he lost his marbles sort of thing, lost mm. his mind. But then the Bible says, on the seventh day... Let me read for you what it says. In the 600th year of Noah's life, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. So the rain just didn't come down from the sky, but huge, you know, fountains shot up from the earth. It was a, you know, must have tossed rocks into the air and all sorts of stuff. The fountains of the great deep were broken up. The windows of heaven were open. The rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills and the mountains were covered. Mm. So that's Genesis 7, 11, mm-hmm. 12, and 19. Mm. Read for us verse 23. This is interesting. And every living thing, both man and cattle, the creeping things and the fall of the heaven were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Yeah, and the waters prevailed upon the earth, it says in verse 24, and 150 days. Mm. Can you imagine it? You know, this is, this is, when you read the biblical account that we've just read of, you know, you know, the fountains of the deep breaking up and rain coming down for so long, mm. you can understand why we have 
the sort of geology that we have in some places like the Grand Canyon with stuff layered down. You know, if, if Mount St. Helens that we talked about mm-hmm. in America carved out a canyon in just a few hours mm. and laid down 20 feet of sedimentation and so on, mm. what do we think a flood of this scale mm. must have done? And we see evidence of a global flood in the records of, of, of the rocks and, and the, the stratification and depositing and so on. We see something cat- catastrophic happen on our planet. And mm. the thing is, uh, Tabitha, tragically... Mm-hmm. It needn't have happened. Mm. If only they had repented and turned back to God. You remember the story of Jonah? Remember the story of Jonah? Yes. Jonah's told by God, go to Nineveh Nineveh. and warn that city that in 40 days this city is going to be destroyed. Mm. I do remember this story, actually. But no, I didn't want to go. I mean, sorry, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, but instead... Um, God's on a boat to Tarshish. Yeah, that's right. But then, yeah, it didn't, yeah. he didn't make it. <laughs> God, God wanted to save that city. Yeah. And so, you know, Jonah gets in the in that fish and he gets spewed up on the ground and then God says the second time, Jonah, mm. go to that wicked city in Nineveh. Now, mm. Jonah goes there and he preaches and God says, okay, mm. this, this city repents. This city says, whoa, we need to turn back from the wrong. Mm. And God changes his mind, mm. so to speak. He, he says, I'm not going to destroy it now. Mm. So I have no question mm. that if the world had repented, God would have said, oh, there's no need to. The people have changed their mind. But they didn't. They wouldn't. Mm. And so they didn't turn back, and uh, so destruction comes. Now, fortunately for the human race today, uh, months later, Mm. After the water subsided, after, you know, being underwater for so long, Noah and his family and the animals emerged mm. uh, from the flood. Mm. They were the sole survivors, eight people mm. who then repopulated the earth, you know, where the earth was repopulated from. And, and they saved life from extinction. The animals were saved and so on. Mm. So, you know, it's tragic to think that people, you know, make this story out as if yeah, it's a fairy tale. But really this story is in the Bible as a warning to us mm. that when we cling to sin and it causes destruction of our society, our homes, God can't God can't let this thing go on and on and on and on. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about that after. But before we go to our next song, Tabitha, why don't we just tell the people how they can get the free offer? Can we do that before so the next song? So we do that now. Okay. I said we're going to do after the next song. Oh, it's, sorry. It's I, I mustn't have listened to you properly. <laughs> it's okay. We can still do it now. Okay. So the code is DIG10. Um, text DIG, D-I-G, number 10. No space in between. Dig ten two zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and uh, we'll get this book Genesis and Science. Where is the evidence going? I'm um, sent to you. We are going to listen to this song. Give them all by Evie. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shattered dreams of your life And at the feet of Jesus lay them down 
Give them all to Jesus Shattered dreams, wounded hearts Broken toys Give them all Give them all Give them all to Jesus Give them all by Evie. Um, you're listening to Taz Encounters with Gary Webster. And Gary has been talking about this man, who is Noah by name, um, who saved the world from extinction. Uh, before we continue with what Gary has for us, um, I just want to remind our listeners of today's, the code to get today's offer. Um, the code is DIG10, D-I-G number 10. Text that no spaces in between to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Dig ten to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to get the book Genesis and Science. Where is the evidence going? Um. So Gary, um, are there any lessons we can learn from the story of Noah and the flood? Ah, good, good, good question, Tabitha. And I think that song by Evie actually. Uh, helps us to uh, think about, you know, she she says in that song, give it, give our burdens to to Christ. You know, words, turn from our own ways to God, and 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 we will see our sorrows turn turn to joy. Uh, good good message. And so I guess that leads us into yes, the lessons that we can learn from Noah and the flood. I, the first one would be this that. Jesus himself actually referred to this story. Mm-hmm. He believed it was a factual event. And he said, listen, the way the world was back then mm-hmm. is going to be the same 
as it will as when I come back. Notice what he says in Matthew twenty four, mm-hmm. verse thirty seven. Let me read. Mm-hmm. He said, "As the days of Noah were, mm-hmm. so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be." Mm. That means his return. Mm-hmm. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. They were carrying on business as usual, Mm. not realizing that the end was about to come. Mm. And they knew not, it says, said Jesus, until the flood came and Mm. took them all away. So shall it be Mm. the coming of the Son of, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Mm. So uh, the days of Noah are going to be like, or our day is going to be like Noah's day, uh, in the sense that uh, there were practices of the men of that generation in which Noah lived. And those were similar practices today. There was violence back then, we heard. There was all sorts of corruption going on back there. So Jesus says, well, just before my coming, that's how it's going to be. That's the first lesson mm. that we learn as far as Jesus is concerned, that this is going to be similar. Mm. So when we look on the horizon of our world today, we ought to be thinking, are we nearing the end? Because this was Jesus' point. He used this as one. He was talking about the signs of his coming, and he mentioned this. But there's another thing. Noah's flood, according to this, to what Jesus is saying, came suddenly, unexpectedly. Mm. They didn't expect it. I mean, we talked about the fact that seven days went by and Noah's inside the ark. Mm. They didn't and they forgot it. about it, probably. I think you're right. I think yeah. they thought, oh, that's just a crazy guy. Mm. But then, boom, it happened. Uh, and so Jesus is saying, that's what's going to happen. It's going to come unexpectedly. People will not expect it. And then the Son of Man comes. And sadly, no more water next time, the Bible says, the fire next time. Mm. And that's why the Bible warns us, because God loves us. Mm. He loves everybody. And he wants us to be ready mm. for that great event. Now, Peter predicted, I mentioned this right at the beginning of uh, our time today, Tabitha. Mm. Peter predicted this, these words. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 of our generation, knowing this first, mm. that there shall come in the last days, so the end times, he's saying, scoffers, people who mock, walking after their own lust. They mock because they just want to live how they want to live. And saying, where's the promise of his coming? This Jesus is not coming again. Mm. That's the idea. No, don't worry about it. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. It's always been. He's not going not to happen. And then in Peter says this, For this they willingly are ignorant of. They deliberately ignore it, if you like, mm. that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. God spoke and it was done. People will be ignorant of that willingly. And Tabitha, isn't that our day to day? Do human beings believe mostly these days in a, in a creation like God pr- talks about in the Bible? No, I've listened to some people say they evolved, like yes. they believe in science of some sort. And even talking of the second coming of God, um, yeah. there are some people question that. Like, yes. You know, you keep talking about this second coming, oh, it's near, but, you know, we can't see anything. Like, if if we talk about these this strange diseases like um, COVID, COVID yeah. people just think it's just, you know, it's normal. Yes, it's, it's, not, not, it's, it's no indicator answer. of the, yes, whereas Jesus said pestilences will be 
abound before the coming of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. So, so people, you know, today most people don't believe in creation by God. Mm. We have exactly what Peter predicted two thousand years ago. Yet, uh, about two hundred years ago, most people believed in a creation by a God. Mm. But today it's different. And then, the, and then the flood. He says uh, they're willing, the ignorant of the fact that um, the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Mm. So people. People dismiss the story that we've shared today as just a myth, not realizing that God has given this in the Bible so that we might make a course correction. We might take things seriously because why would we be unprepared for the event that's coming when Jesus comes? Mm. Then I think the second lesson we learn, or the third lesson I should say, Tabitha, is that why hasn't Jesus come? Mm. Why hasn't he come? You read for us verse 9 and we see the same attitude of God in the end times as in Noah's time. You could read verse 9 for us. Mm. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Wow, what a verse, Tabitha. In other words... Peter is saying, well, God's not slack concerning his promise. He's going to come. He's not, he's not saying something that's not going to happen. But the reason he hasn't come is because he's long-suffering. Mm. He knows that there are so many unprepared, and he holds off like Noah. In Noah's day, 120 years, God said, I'll give him more time. Mm. So this is why he hasn't come. But then it says in verse 10, you read verse 10 for us. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In day which the heaven shall pass away without great noise, and the element shall melt with fervent heat, uh, heat, the earth also, and the works that all are therein shall be burned up. Ah, so Peter says here, he says, listen, people, people mock, uh, make fun of the idea of a second coming. They willingly are ignorant of creation by God and Noah's flood. Mm. Um, and then Peter says, but listen, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to come. He's not slack. The only reason he holds off is not because it's not going to come, but because he's long-suffering. Mm. And then he adds what you just said, but mm. the day of the Lord will come. You can bet your life on it, says Peter. And when it happens, the fire is going to, to come and devour the earth. And then Peter closes with this thought. Let me read verse 11 of Second Peter chapter 3, he says, Seeing then that all these things will be dissolved, seeing that, that the earth is going to, this is going to take place before God creates new heavens and a new earth, mm. what manner of people ought we to be in all ho- holy conversation and godliness? What he means is this, we should be like Noah. Mm. We should be people who have trust in God, who put our life in his hands. Mm. We should be people like Noah who are fair and just, people who are good and love our neighbours and Love God. We should be people who turn from that which is wrong to that which is right. Mm. That's what he's saying. In view of what's coming, we should turn Mm. back to God. So, Mm. Tabitha, there is no question Mm. when you read the Bible, Mm -hmm. when you read the story of Noah and you see what Jesus and Peter said about it, there is coming a day when this world will, 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 will see Jesus come. And we'll either be so happy that he's come because we put our life in his hand Mm. or we'll be like the people of Noah's day Mm. who just wish that they had have made those right choices and said, God, here's my life. Mm. Because that's what God wants us. He's coming again and it's only the love of God for our human race 
that he holds back his return for his people and the destruction of the world as we know it. So, mm. Tabitha, that's, uh, that's it for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful program. And I hope that me, together with Gary and our listeners, will be ready when, this, when Jesus comes for the second time. Absolutely. Yes. Brings in a new world where there's no suffering, no pain, no death, no tears. Can what you imagine that life? Uh, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, indeed. I believe everyone wants to have that kind of life. Because we are all tired of this world, really. Yes, um, it's wearing out, isn't it? We're it all is. sick of things like COVID-19. God has a better world for us than this one. Um, amen. And um, so what do you have for us next week, Gary? Ah, next week. I'm looking forward to this because I'm going to be talking about Israel at the crossroads. Mm. We'll be going back to Israel. I want to talk about uh, Abraham. He got on the front cover of Time magazine a few years ago. Mm. I'm talking about this amazing man and what, why, what, what's, so, what, what's so this business about the Middle East and Israel at the crossroads? What's it all about? We're going to understand very clearly why God had this special place and he called Abraham to the Middle East. Mm, tune, so tune in next week uh, on Tuesday at 9 a.m. to listen to more about that. And tomorrow we have Ambraco Challenge with the series 3MJ. And Draco will be talking about deception in the last days, and uh, that will be false Christs. Um, and I just want to remind our listeners of today's code. It's DIG10. Text that to 048888. Double eight zero eight nine one to get the book um, Genesis and Science. Where's the evidence going? We're going to listen to this song across the streets, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. From the heart of the Father comes the desire that all of the nations be saved. Of Messiah, we have the promise. Behold, I am with you always. Across the streets, we will go, we will go, we will go to the people who have called this place their home. Across the oceans, we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind to hear the Savior's praise away. Jesus has risen and reigns And no fearful and trembling We go remembering The gospel is mighty to save Across the streets and we will go We will go, we will go To the people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind to hear the Savior's praise away across the globe We will go We will go The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise 
before heaven's judge is soon returning. The time has come, lift up your eyes. The harvest fields are shining, shining. The time has come, let us arise. For heaven's judge is soon returning. We will go. People who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Savior's praise away